Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, welcome to the OFD Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Vole, Site Manager, Emperor, Supreme Warlord, and Fender of the Faith over at OneFootDown.com on the SP Nation Network. And joining me tonight is podcast legend Jude Seymour and the Chief Inspector Brenda McElinden. Fellas, Notre Dame just beat BYU 2820 uh, just about an hour ago. Notre Dame's 3 and 2. Feels good to win, man. Feels real good to win. Feels good to be looking so fresh in those uniforms and win. Yeah, we can use those pictures now. That's a fucking fantastic thing. Yeah, that that field yeah. was hot fire. The uniforms are great. And, uh, you know, with the exception of a couple of uh, self-inflicted wounds, I mean, they were really... They were really uh, taking it to BYU. Just, and, and it was funny how much it, it mirrored exactly how Brennan said the game was going to go. So kudos to Brennan for another great uh, preview. Yeah, I, uh, I didn't, uh, didn't quite see BYU's running game working quite as well as it did, especially in that third and third quarter. But, but there, uh, are, there are reasons for BYU's running game working better. Number one, uh, I think the absence or the departure of Jacob Lacey uh, number two, the absence of Howard Cross. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So you take out two of your, what well, had been your two of your better uh, interior defensive linemen, and, you know, the rushing yards BYU was getting was up the middle. So, I mean, that, and you're not used to that. You know, this wasn't like something that's been going on for a couple of weeks. This just happened. So, you know, Notre Dame was, uh, was trying to get adjusted to that, and then kind of got caught sleeping a few times. Um <laughs> Notably on a third and 17, uh, which we will get to uh, here in just a little bit. But uh, first of all, I want to. I do want to say, like, this game felt like people were waiting for Notre Dame to implode, like before the game even started. Like you started seeing the national beat writer like they were really fucking excited about Puka Shell Necklace and uh, Mitt Romney <laughs> and Mitt Romney. Yeah, you know, both being playing for the first time together, like holy shit, you know that we're they're actually gonna have, you know, Puka Shell Necklace and, and Mitt Romney out in the same out in the field at the same time. This is crazy, and what and you know immediately, you know they're talking up Jaron Hall, and we've talked up Jaron Hall. He's a good quarterback, uh, but it's is just he? all. It, it, I mean, is I he? He has like, played good up until tonight. Now listen. Let's, CJ Stroud, Stroud didn't have a great. Hold on, let me let me finish my point, and then you can uh, you can throw out the Jaron Hall uh, trash. My point is, 
is that they this there was a lot of talking up to, and it seemed like a lot of people were, were about to lean on um, this being a, a victory for for BYU before the game started. And then the first thing Jaron Holland does is throw an interception. Yeah, <laughs> like right off the bat. Except uh, and, and, and honestly, the interception from Hall and Notre Dame's inability to punch it in the end zone is everything you need to know about this game. It is literally everything you need to know about this game is, is what happened there in the first uh, minute. That was it. That, that foreshadowed everything. Yeah. I mean, if you had told me before the game started that Jaron Hall was going to throw for 120 yards, uh, I would have called you mad because that number is ridiculous. He was nine for 17 for 120. Uh, Pukashell dropped a pass. You would have also said that Notre Dame would have won this game by a lot more than eight points, too, right? Well, they absolutely should have. They had three long. I mean, Notre Dame, Notre Dame almost had five hundred yards. Notre Dame almost had five hundred yards of offense and BYU to BYU's two eighty, which I don't have the breakdowns per quarter. Um, I can find a little bit of something, but at the end of the third quarter, I don't know. I mean, I know Notre Dame was up two hundred yards on BYU pretty fucking late, um, so. All you know, a lot of what BYU did came on that on those last two touchdown, those two touchdown drives that they had um, there to, to make this thing stupidly close for no goddamn reason at all. Yeah, I mean Notre Dame had three drives of more of about fifty yards or more that resulted in three points because they had the turnover on downs right in the second quarter, then they had the, the tip ball, the tip ball interception, and then the the field goal from the one where they decided to. I don't know, not throw into the end zone on any of those uh, pass it, uh, any of those three plays in the and, inside the five or whatever. And the tip, correct me if I'm wrong, but the tip ball interception is when Pete Sampson decided to tweet the Fiesta Bowl has entered the chat, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah, of course. And so like that's that's that exactly is what Joshua was saying, which is there was this expectation that Notre Dame was going to collapse upon itself when we were seeing the exact opposite. We were seeing them gouge BYU for, for major yards, uh, both run and pass. And, yeah, a ball got tipped to the line. That's way unfortunate. But it didn't mean that, and, that BYU was going to no. win the game at that point. And we saw players step up in this game. I mean, first of all, Michael Mayer is, goddamn, a Heisman candidate in my mind. But we also, we, you know, we saw Jaden Thomas yeah. step up in this game. If, so, I mean, Lo, Logan Diggs, honestly, I mean, uh, estimate had just a few more yards rushing, but Logan Diggs really put in the work with 17 carries a night, 93 yards, um, and some hard-earned yards. Surprisingly, Diggs uh, was not involved in the passing game at all uh, tonight, which, with the way the screen game was going, is probably a good thing uh, that we didn't curse him as well. Uh, well, but we could have said the screen game players, would have been a lot better if Tyree doesn't drop that ball because he had blockers and just real estate up on the sideline on the on the one. Yeah, it was just you know seeing seeing Jane Thomas have I mean he had himself a game man three yeah. catches seventy four yards a touchdown. Uh, Lorenzo Styles who had one of the it was one of the prettier plays we've seen this year was, was that twenty six yarder uh, from Pinus Styles. Um, and then I mean look I know it's one catch. But it's his, his, it's his one catch. Holden stays freshman tight end. I mean that's important. And freshman uh, Tobias Merriweather 
out on the field for three third down conversions in a row. Just his presence alone willed this Love team uh, to, first, <laughs> to first downs. And Stays was I mean, on a third and four. Incredible. Yeah. Incredible. Incredible uh, job done by Drew Pine tonight. 22 for 28, 262 yards and three touchdowns thrown. Yeah, you had. And think about that. Three of those was a three. Like you had a, you had Tyree who had a terrible game tonight. uh, Dropped, dropped was sure to be like a 60 yarder screen. You had Michael Mayer. Now, now you, you could, you you don't really, you can't really. They didn't count. They didn't, they didn't put in the stat sheet as a drop for Michael Mayer, but I, but it's in my heart that it was a drop. Yeah, and then you had the tip. Then you had the tip ball for interception. So that's three, 22 of 28, and three of the, three of those six in, um, passes that were completed were those. That's incredible. Yeah, I thought I thought Drew Pine was going to come in and throw 70% completion in this game, and Drew Damn, Pine was like, "Hold my beer." Here's <laughs> <was> 80%. <laughs> like he was he was masterful. Like he was absolutely masterful in this. He got the back that ass up first down run. I didn't yeah. think he was gonna make it. He and didn't he broke play the with guy. that foot, turn, turn around. <laughs> he broke the guy. The guy who tried, to, who he, who he juked, uh, was injured on the play and took the the long sad walk across the field. Hey, look, I know this is a conversation for an off season podcast for sure, but, but Drew Pine is just basically he is every quarterback Notre Dame has had over like since Jimmy Clausen left. You know, it's just like we're not. We're not winning with the five-star quarterbacks because we're not getting them. This is what we got. This is what we're gonna. It's it's. Tommy Rees has basically infected this this program. No, here's. Oh yeah. Here's here's the thing. Um, and this might be bold, and maybe it's it's post game. (laughs) He's a better Ian Book. He's a higher completion percentage, Ian Book. He uh, you know what? He pulled the trigger. You know, and I. Ian Book had a hard time pulling the trigger. And, and it, look, when we say, like, throw the deep pass, we're not talking about, like, throw a 70-yard fucking in-the-air bomb. That's not what we're talking about. But hitting the guy 25, 30 yards, that, should be, that shouldn't be a problem for any, any FBS quarterback. I'll any take a quote-unquote, uh, uh, a 30-yard bomb, is that, what, is that what Jude said? I'll take a 30-yard bomb for a touchdown <laughs> to Jaden Thomas. Yeah, I mean, I, I think yeah. anytime it's if it's over twenty five yards, I'm right. I'm typing out bomb. And I, I, we don't have Trevor. We don't have Trevor Lawrence, so I'm just gonna go ahead and put down I bomb. Love, how about that? How about that Ian Book esque uh, uh, toss play to estimate? Too, oh my gosh! Oh god, yeah. And then that's that was hurdles. That was Ian Book, North Carolina, twenty twenty. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. That's backyard. That's backyard football. That's, that's backyard, backyard football. football. That's right. And then what did Freeman say? <laughs> Freeman goes, uh, I something about like, I didn't know bulldozers could jump. Yeah, bulldozers are supposed to be be in the air. They're supposed to be on the ground. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I mean, let me that, let me. That was great. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the bulldozer there for a minute. I mean, where would this team be? And I don't think they used them enough tonight. I mean, no, where would this team be without Audrey Gestime? Because for as much shit as we talked about Audrey Gestime, like in in the good sense, like we like we have talking I, about myself, so many of us have been talking about because he is just a physical specimen. But for as much as we talked him up, I still did not expect him to look this good this year, like truthfully. And he has been 
incredibly good. And not just running the ball, but catching the ball. I think he only had one tonight. He had a one reception for 13 yards, but still. I mean, he so he's got he had another game. This is a game in a row. He had over a hundred yards all purpose. It's, I mean, it's just he has been the man, and the way that Chris Tyree has, I mean, he just had a great game. He just had a really good game against UNC. I don't know what the deal was tonight, but there's it's been kind of an ongoing thing with Tyree where you see him, and it's just like I don't know, man. Like he doesn't have control of his own body. Someone, you know, someone brought up Armando Allen tonight, like many people like to do, and I don't really see it that way. But there's just there's a lot of slipping, there's a lot of kind of like stuttering out of control. There's Chris Tyree has not been smooth uh, enough running the football, uh, but Audrey Gasme has certainly stepped up. Logan Diggs, I mean, let's be honest, guys, we were all writing him off flat out. There's yep. oh, we, no question yeah, about it. We were writing I, off Logan Diggs. I used to- I used the Dumb and Dumber tweet tonight because, like, it oh, yeah. felt like a reason for, for, for my relationship with Logan Diggs because it's just been, I mean, we were, uh, Brendan and I were cracking jokes or making observations during the game about how there was, how there was just so much East-West going on with, uh, with Logan Diggs. And, and it just, it was so, it was just so frustrating to, um, that it just doesn't feel like he could figure it out. And then, you know, the, Huge play happened with the thirty. It was the thirty-three yards right in the beginning yeah. of the third quarter, and it was just like, that's awesome. That's awesome. Totally redeem yourself, buddy. Yeah, yeah. I, it just—it's it, very heartening to see they—they they ended up running forty-five carries, two hundred and thirty-four yards. Um, I mean, it was—it was forty-three carries for uh, two thirty-seven actually, because the the two team kneel downs at the end there. Um, but the way that they were able to run the ball, especially when it mattered, uh, very heartening, um, very, very, very heartening. Even when, you know, Tyree is basically just spinning wheels. Yeah. Tough game for Tyree tonight. I just hoping for a comeback on that, <laughs> on that one. Um, it kind of makes you wonder how this would be working with, uh, with a healthy Jadarian price. You know what I mean? Like, like, uh, man, shit, something just exploded here. Um, uh, you know, there, there was a lot of like, Hey, Jadarian price is going to be getting some carries this fall, like being a big part of the mix, uh, and then got hurt. And I don't know who, whose carries is going to take away from the three. I mean, it's hard enough to get three running backs in the mix, let alone four, but you know, I don't know. I mean, they successfully <laughs> get three in the mix. Um, you know, I just, I just, I, I wonder, I wonder if our our friend Greg Clamon would ever have uh, an opinion about uh, running back carry load. Do you think Greg would know anything about running back carry load? <laughs> no, I don't no, know. no. I've got I've got I've got some uh, that guy. I, I've, I've never heard I've of that guy. Thoughts. He's he's a, Greg's a legend in his own right, in his own <laughs> mind. <laughs> Fellas, what's Fellas. up, buddy? So, I didn't make it out to Vegas, so I thought it's only your name was there. I know it was, and it really hurt my feelings. So I thought that I would. Um, we just finished recording the post game for uh, Irish Sports Daily, and I thought I, I have to jump on uh, the recap that you guys are doing because uh, I saw it in the DMs. And so here I am. If I'm if I can't go to Vegas, I'm coming here. See, this is why this is why you are on every podcast recording that we do <laughs> as part of the the invite. 
it's just open door policy. Open door policy. It's, it's what we do here. So we had we have just gone through the fact that Drew Pine is an awesome Ian Book reincarnate. Uh, Audric Estime is exceeding even our best expectations. Um, we haven't got to the bad shit yet. We're still we're still pretty happy about things. So we didn't, uh, we, we didn't touch on the best part yet. Like we haven't we haven't even mentioned the best part of this entire game yet. Well, I said Michael Mayer is going to win the Heisman. Uh, it's, it's that Michael Mayer <laughs> is essentially uh, he he's like the best way that you could describe him is he is Michael Vick in Madden 2002. He's not bad. Um, he, I, I don't understand uh, BYU, right? Yeah. So you you have your you have your meetings, okay. You have your meetings and you have your uh, your little, you know, this is what we got to do. And and I know the running game and I know that's important, right? Like everyone says, you stop the run first. Um, but I feel like you're talking about 87 a lot. I think so, yeah. Yeah, and, it seems uh, like uh, he's, he's a pretty big uh, part of Notre Dame offense, yeah. And yeah. so 11 for 117 and two touchdowns. How did you short him on that yard that he picked up? Uh, and most of his receptions were like big time. Most of his receptions were big time. Yeah, I know. Like, I mean, granted, like, big, like there big were a time couple first down receptions. There were a couple now, where it's like, okay, you know, good good job by you. But there are some other ones where it's like, come on, you're gonna want to uh, you're gonna want to put someone on that guy. I just feel we kind of got to mention uh, that Brock Bowers today against Auburn. Brock Bowers tied in for Georgia, who yeah. Uh, yeah, two two receptions for 36 yards today. That's not Michael Mayer numbers. No, no, he's he ain't on that level. Here's here's Michael Mayer on uh, third down. Um, Drew Pine targets him in the second quarter. Uh, third and nine. Michael Mayer gets 11. Uh, third and two. Drew Pine targets Michael Mayer. 13 yards, first down. Uh, third and six. Drew Pine targets Michael Mayer. 12 yards. <laughs> Uh, third and 13 drew pine targets michael mayer 15 yards um uh third and six from the byu 19 touchdown michael mayer i mean come on you have one job you have one job if you're a byu defender on third down everyone in allegiant stadium everyone watching from home knows on third down if they're going to pass it's going to number 87 and you failed over and over and over again. You couldn't stop him. It was embarrassing. Like Kalani Sataki is going to sit down with his defensive staff and be like, guys, what happened with 87? What did you do? What did you do? Why couldn't you stop him? And I think the fact of the matter is, and that we all have to acknowledge, because this is now back-to-back weeks where teams knew it was going to Mayer and they couldn't stop him. You can't stop Michael. You can't stop Michael Mayer. It's, 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 they didn't even try. I mean, they, Greg, were you surprised that because of because of these high, I mean, there weren't any penalties. And honestly, I wasn't bitching about them not calling like like passing interference. Or like, like if you're BYU at some point, aren't you just like pushing the envelope because there's been no no laundry out on the out on the field? Uh, you know, with a guy like Mayor. I mean, you got a guy or two like hip to hip with him. He's still pulling down receptions. Aren't you getting a little bit more handsy, a little bit more grabby? And yet I didn't see any of that shit from BYU. So, well, it's part of the problem, as you probably know, Josh, it's part of the problem with tight ends. 
they are they're wide boys, they're strong boys, and even if you do get handsy with them, you can't get around them. You know, there's a couple times where the guys draped on him, and Michael Mayer with with his, with his big beautiful hands just snatches big, the ball out of the air. Big beautiful hands. Big beautiful hands just snatch the ball out of the air, and it's it's like you can't get around these guys. Even so, even if they're covered, they're not really covered. And Drew Pine, like you guys said, doing his uh. His Ian Book impression, putting the ball right where it needs to be, and 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 I gotta say, you know, we've been doing the 2018 thing, right? We've been doing how we've been talking about like this is like the 2018 season. This was the Stanford game. 20 2019 season. No, it's 2018. It's oh, now we're now we're going 20. Jesus, I can't keep up. I'm on the I'm on the Cause 2018. Because we did the QB switch. Yeah, because oh, they did the QB okay, switch. Okay, right, okay. right, 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 right. Switch. right. I was right. going so, on the Mar- Marshall slash Michigan. The no, M yeah, loss. No, 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 no. no. So, the Cal, so Cal was dumb Vandy. Then um, North Carolina was Wake Forest. And then this mm. was Stanford. And that, the Stanford game was when we really said, well, we really got something here. Because Drew Pine. I'm wearing that he, T-shirt right now. He made some throws <laughs> in this game that were like, okay – that's good defense, and that's a, that's a great throw. Like that's a great pass that Drew Pine made, and uh, and and I think Brendan kind of called it out. Like in the first quarter, it's like, hey, this is exactly how the North Carolina game started. And Drew Pine, when he when the game starts in the first quarter, he's he's a three star Drew Pine. And from the second quarter to the fourth quarter, he's Joe Montana. And and so I think the thing for Notre Dame is you just got to hang in there. Let him get into the phone booth, put on his Joe Montana shirt, and and then Notre Dame's got some. Well, and that's the thing. I was I wanted to ask Marcus Freeman that, but they uh, I don't think they're taking Zoom questions anymore, bastards. Was like Drew Pine has been like um like really good, and so there was a supposed you know quarterback competition during spring and during fall that Tyler Buckner supposedly won. Like, what was it? that Tyler Buckner did better. Like I, I would have worded it a lot, a lot nicer. Right. But I mean, I think we all know the real answer, but I want Marcus Freeman to say like, what did you guys, what did you guys see in, in pine that, that you wanted more, you wanted less of than Buckner basically. Like I want to get, I want to, I want to hear what he has to say about that. It's going to be a be coach speak, but I'm telling you right now, these last three games, what I've seen out of pine compared to what, I mean, I'm, I'll take it. I don't need my quarterback running all over the map. I would actually rather him not if you have a Michael Mayer. And the fact that, and Greg, I don't know if you had heard yet, if you had stepped on the call yet or not, but you know, you got guys stepping up now. Jaden Thomas stepping up tonight yeah. was huge. Yeah. Abs- fucking huge for, for <laughs> it's big for the Clemson game. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, in all, in all seriousness, you know, Jaden Thomas's performance tonight means that's a guy that's another guy we can count on. We so we had Lorenzo Styles and Michael Mayer and the running backs in the passing game, right? Coming into this mm-hmm. game. Now we're going out of this game with say, with an extra guy that we can count on, Jaden Thomas. Like holy shit, you know, we're building on something that was a supposed weak you know, that was a weakness for Notre Dame. You're building on that now. So that's good, right? Do you mm-hmm. do you think that some of it um cuz Jason Garrett was maddening on the broadcast. Oh, Greg, Greg's a serial killer. Literally the, the worst. Game on mute. 
and he was awful all game. But one of the things that he he touched on that I picked up on early in the game is he was talking about Tommy Reese's scripted plays of the first 15, the first 15 plays being scripted. That script and whatever script you're writing for the first 15 throw it plays, out. throw it out because that script is bad. Because the first you're, two drive, the first two drives of their name were 11 plays uh, for 37 yards. And it's, it's, it doesn't it's, get kind comfortable at all. It doesn't it's systemic. Going. It's systemic at this point. There's now a, uh, uh, with two, with a sample size of two, uh, being Drew Pine good. Um, and I mean, even the cow game, it wasn't, it wasn't great. So I, I, I think at this point, except that you're, you're not going to be able to compose a symphony with Drew Pine and you just need to, uh, approach it like a jazz musician and just kind of freestyle. Mm, that's good. Bit. That's a, yeah, man, that's a good, that's a good way to put it. Go fucking Miles Davis on this shit. Yeah, like, give me some salt peanuts, man. I think, well, it's a good thing Miles. So, play, I mean, Jude alluded to it earlier. I had, I had brought up, you know, pregame national media, kind of drooling on ready for another name loss. And then Jude talked about Samson's uh, Fiesta Bowl tweet. Um, mm. But, I mean, honestly, at, at one point, what, what were – where were we? 25 to six. Notre Dame went up in the middle of the third quarter. Yeah. And then the two touchdowns, um, you know, from, from BYU tightening up that, <laughs> tightening up that game uh, quite a bit. I mean, did you, Greg, what, what were, how were you feeling about that time? I mean, I mean, I was ready to like murder and, and, uh, and put holes in everything around me, but I still felt I didn't feel as uneaten, not even remotely as uneasy as I did against Oklahoma State. It just like they, I mean, both touchdowns seem so fucking fluky. And Al Golden should never be allowed to call a goddamn blitz for, <laughs> with a safety again uh, for the rest of his time in South Bend. It's just, it's just terrible. But I mean, were you feeling? Did you feel that Notre Dame was in serious danger or? I mean, where was your confidence level at when you know, when they got those two touchdowns there, or as they were? So, I I I told you guys like it was it was the Mich- it was 2011 Michigan, like because the the Fiesta Bowl was was kind of different, right? Like Notre Dame was was uh, rolling along, you know, and then you bust the coverage. Like that's not what happened in the Fiesta Bowl. It's not that they busted their coverage. They were going too fast, right? Like they 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 kept going fast. Notre Dame couldn't get couldn't get uh, lined up, and there was confusion and all those things. Those weren't busts. That was just like Notre Dame getting caught out of pocket. Like this was this that was, was like run you, football. <laughs> you you busted a uh, you busted a, a a coverage. Like I don't know. I, like honestly, I, I I normally I would I would put this sort of thing on. Uh, on Twitter, I would drop the play and stuff. I don't know what, I don't even know if I can do that because I don't know what they're trying to do. Like Houston just leaves the middle of the field as if it's two cover, but there's, everyone else is in man, you know? So like, I don't, I don't, it's like, that's not a thing that happens. It's the, the, the single. So is, a, is it possible? Vacates. Is it possible Houston just didn't understand what the play was? Yes. Yes. Yeah. That has to be what it was. He just didn't I mean, that's know. The only, it's the only the answer, right? Yeah, he didn't know the call. Um, so there's that, right? And that's like a 
that's a like a mental error. That's not anything that BYU is doing, right? It's someone just leaving the middle of the field. And then Notre Dame gets it, and it's like, okay, third and two. We got a little out route to Michael Mayer. Up, oh, just a little bit off, right? And then they go down the field again, and it's like, yeah, it's third and 17, man. You know, it's it's third and 17. They're giving up. They run the ball. They're not. They're trying not to do it. And and Jaden Mickey is is engaging a receiver as the receiver runs behind him. Okay, that's that's the problem. It's like when you have a player who is who is there to fill the play, and that player is is not engaged in the play. Like he's when you go back and watch, like just watch Jaden Mickey. Like he's going after the receiver to defeat a block while the back runs behind him. Okay, no good. Right. And so then he misses. No one else gets like someone else misses a run fit and it's a 20 yard thing. And then on the field down they go and they score another touchdown. Okay. Then it's like, all right, like let's get an answer here. And then when Drew Pine, they're going down the field, everything's great. The tip ball and it's intercepted. That's when then I started to think, okay, (laughs) we are like on the way to something silly happening. But instead, on third down, the kid drops it, and then it all kind of shows. Pookshell necklace. It all kind of stops, right? So you know what the uh, fun part about BYU when you look at their stat sheet, um, other than <laughs> the fact that Jaron Hall was—I mean, he was—he was essentially a non-factor. Um, he had 120 yards passing on the day, right? 100 of those 20 yards went to Cody Epps. <laughs> 53 of his 120 but yards. But I thought I thought Gunnar Romney and Pukashell Necklace were going to dominate. Thought, I thought Gunnar Romney was going to dominate, and he did not. But he didn't even get targeted. Like I don't oh, know. No, Pukashell Necklace got targeted three times and dropped one pass. No receptions. If if we want some game comps, I got a game comp for you. Uh, this was USC 2019 in reverse, where Notre Dame was like, you're not passing the ball. You got to run. Where in 2019, oh, they were like, you're not running the ball. You got to pass to beat us. Because BYU ran the ball 29 times, and they threw it 17. Like, why is BYU running the ball 29 times? I mean, they ended up getting 160 yards. And it was one of their better days running. Um, it was the best day that they've ever had against an F, you know, a, a power five school uh, this season. But I, I just, I don't understand what BYU's game, like Notre Dame was fine letting BYU run the football and BYU was fine doing that. I don't understand why BYU's like, we're going to take this quarterback that we have that we think is, you know, a potential first round pick. And we're going to just, he threw it 17 times. I don't. I don't understand that. Um, and regardless of who he is, it's friggin' B- and you know Garrett kept he tripping over himself talking about it. It's friggin' BYU. This is a t- this is a program that over the last 40 years has been all of what we love about running shoot college college football. They are th- they are a passing team. And yeah, it's 17 it's pass attempts like- in a game that in a game that you were down. Most of the time, it just seems ludicrous. 
I feel like that was uh, disappointing for Garrett because he had, I, he, you could tell he had prepared oh, a lot of notes. Holiday Bowl! A lot of notes mm. about Jim McMahon, and he couldn't use them all. And in fact, <laughs> at one point, he started talking about he started talking about this really convoluted story about Jason Adam Malola coming to one of his one of his yeah, walkthroughs what or whatever. He made but it just took, it took him it took him like it took him uh, fifty five uh, seconds to a minute to to get to the point where a Notre Dame player figured into it. He was like, "Well, we couldn't we couldn't go to New York City, so we had to go to Jersey City, and then we were on this field, and the field was not that great, and then we were walking through it. And it was like he, he ate an edible going? before he got up there. <laughs> I was like, "Where is the story going? <laughs> uh, is this is this what you do when you rent when you can't do the Jim McMahon stuff that you were preparing? I mean, it's just it was it was it was it was a tough game for Jason Garrett. I, I think I think Greg was right to mute him. I think Greg was right. Me, and meanwhile, we've got Dan Orlovsky using the Telestrator pre-play. Yeah, dude, predicting everything. Darylowski is a beast, man. I, I mean, the listen, the best part of the broadcast was was post game, and Marcus Freeman leaving the door wide open for if the players want to have more drip this season, I am more than open to it, or whatever the hell he's hell he said. Because the the, ch- the lady asked him, she's like, "You said you didn't know what drip was, and here they are wearing it and winning." She said, would you do it again? And he's like, I don't care, man. If they want it, we'll do it. So we got that going for us. This is the away jersey and green the rest of the year. Let's do it. It was hey, a shame that yeah. I didn't see very many green um, green uh, mouth guards, but Chris Tyree had one, and it looked fantastic. And I was like, it was a shame he didn't have a better game because that was a nice look. <laughs> Um, by the way, the shoehorning of the Manti Teo redemption uh, arc is oh my a little, God. little awkward. Like, it, asking that question that she asked and then, then, like, following it up with, like, several questions. Like, I want to hear Manti talk about the team. I don't want to hear Manti talk about his Netflix show. Like, aren't we past that yet? Like, ugh. I mean, I thought we were past it when Brennan and I took a pass on going to... <laughs> Going to to the to the uh, I mean, press conference look, up at the press conference. He, did a, great, he oh. did a great he did a great job. Like <laughs> you know, kudos to him for all the all the stuff that he did during the Cal game. But that was that was several weeks ago now. Like, can we just? I don't know. It was weird. Yeah. Hey, look, Notre Dame legend comes like great. I mean, just stick around and talk about anything else other than all that because, I mean, frankly, Notre Dame fans don't care really anymore. No, flying. We know we got we know we got hosed. We know we know what happened. It's fine. Now just be regular old Manti and and we're down with that. I couldn't believe they 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 didn't do any interviews with Tim Brown who got honored that during the game, did they? Not that I saw. No. Uh, yeah, no. Got, all I know is they need to buy the man a plane ticket to South Bend next week and have him there for the Stanford game. And have him interview a player after the game is like he did with Michael Mayer, right? Yeah. I mean, he probably the one of the. I mean, that's probably one of the great man time moments of all time was on that that Stanford goal line stand, which was yeah. so incredible. They, yeah, they need to fly him in next week. Um, I think he'd say yes. What's he? I mean, what's he doing? What, what else is he doing? Pay him some money and fly him in. <laughs> I mean, the '88 guys get Zorich there all the time. Give me, <laughs> give me man time there all the time. I mean, hell, these. Manti didn't. Well, I'm not gonna get into that. So, <laughs> 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 what's any laws broken? Or is so that when, 
I mean, in the spirit of Manti, though, um, this was a the broken pass play and the third and 17 notwithstanding. I mean, once again, it's it's two breaks. This was another dominant performance from the defense in a game against the team that supposedly had a good offense, a good passing offense, mind you. And you can go back and look at the Ohio State game and look at what Ohio State's doing to teams now. I mean, they could right. have scored at will against Michigan State. Um, uh, Claire. Clarence Lewis fucking up his redemption story tonight. Clarence Lewis had a pick that he dropped. It <laughs> he had a pick, a pick six that he that dropped. He dropped. I mean, this, a pick six. And they did it Greg, all, you want to weigh in on this? And they did it all without without racking up Greg, I don't, sack Greg, I don't want to hear it. That was a pick <laughs> six, and you know it. Um, look. Uh, you've been in that. You've been in that state. You know that. I'll tell you what. He thinks he should catch it. In my opinion, if if the ball never truly it, gets on both hands, it's hard to call it a drop. It that's a, it. It's kind of irrelevant, right? Like there, you know, there was another play where he kind of uh, he kind of held Puka Nakua on on a deep ball that basically made the difference because the ball was right off Puka Nakua's hands. So like, and that's another one where I wouldn't call that a drop either. So. Um, you know, I don't know. I think the fact of the matter is, is like, I don't think Clarence Lewis played a ton of snaps again in this game. Um, so I don't know. It's kind of, it's kind of crazy. Like, and here's the thing about the defense, right? And I, and I brought this up on the, uh, on the post game pod for, for ISD as well. Who on the defense, like, would you say, it's like, man, you know what? That guy, he's having a great year, like a great season, a great season. Yeah. Uh, Howard Cross, but he didn't play tonight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, but he's playing he's playing well, but it's not like I mean like you like you know who might be an all American? Howard Cross. Like no one's thinking that. No, yeah, I mean, that's, Bra- that's I mean Bracey's had a really good season. Bracey's had a really good season. You know who has secretly had a, a DJ great, Brown. You know, you know who it is? It's it's Jack Kaiser. He's sort of like the silent assassin. Mm. He got his sack today and it went for a uh, uh, a safety. Leads the team in tackles. Led the team in tackle. Uh, well, no, he didn't lead them. Uh, he felt pretty underwhelming against both Ohio State I and Marshall. I was going to say, he got shook pretty hard on a touchdown tonight, didn't he? Yes, he did. Yes, he did, yeah. <laughs> I mean, but I get your I, – I think the point you're making, Greg, is is sound, though. I mean, the, there's no one. This is a – this is a – some is, you know, the parts are better – or I, I can't fucking – I can't get it out of my mouth. The sum of it's the parts good, is better than the individual than the pieces. Whole. Yeah. Thank you. The thank sum you, of the parts is better than the whole. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, they're they're playing well together, and I it's just it's maddening to think that some of their biggest busts this year has been directly related to the defensive play call itself. Like, ugh. like everything else is sound. Like uh, this, these things should not be happening then. Like if you were not, it is so clear. Like you just you have them play straight up. They are a sound defense. Then you start having doing you know some wild ass shit. They get fucked up. I mean they they fucked around and they found out several occasions. But I mean on the plus side too, um, that's I guess something that you can resolve a lot easier than you know kid can't play um, right right i also like the fact that we're i mean t- prince kylie got out there a pretty good amount today huh i mean yeah. he had a tackle for loss yes he did 
That's encouraging. That's direct. That's probably directly related to Bertrand being out that first half, right? Or, or I don't know. That 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 TFL was in the second half, though, wasn't it? Oh uh, yeah, TFL was in the third quarter. Yeah. I mean, Bertrand only played a half, and he was the third, second leading tackler on the team. <laughs> there wasn't a whole lot of tackles go around tonight. For I was going to say that in BYU didn't really have the ball in the first half. No, no. Uh, Joseph had was the leading tackler for the game at six, and then Admiola, um, Justin, and JD Bertrand had five each. Those are your three leading tacklers. Yeah, when you when you when the other team has forty six total plays. Right. Um, there's there's not going to be a lot of opportunities to make tackles, and a lot of that has to do with Notre Dame's you know ball control that they had in the game. You know, forty to nineteen, forty one to nineteen, that's ridiculous. It was a very, I just I don't know, man. I I was I'm glad we got the win, like super super stoked to get the three and two. Because when you're 0-2, you're staring down a barrel, man. Uh, to rattle off those three wins, you know, I, you know, I've been saying it since, like, um, you know, since the Cal win started to, and then after we beat North Carolina, like, there's a fucking, there's a ton to play for this season, just a ton. And they're not going to make the college football playoff. That's just, that's not anything that's remotely on the table. But they can still go to a New Year's Six. They can still win that. You have. You know, three ranked teams left, Syracuse, Clemson, and USC. I mean, you have a lot of damage you can still do. You can still inflict on the college football world. Uh, and at the end of the season, yeah, you don't make the college football playoff, but people could look at you like you had a successful season. You know, Marcus Freeman, I mean, that, that's a, that's on Freeman. I mean, you play, you play what could be the best team in the country in Ohio State Buckeyes, and you lose 21-10. That's not a crime. And then you have a trap game against Marshall, your first-year head coach. It is a crime. That, that that's what's that's what happens with first-year head coaches. And you know to turn things around, to, to find themselves, which I think they're doing. That's why that's why I keep bringing up Jaden Thomas. It's because everyone keeps bringing up Tobias Merriweather every chance they can get. Like we need a wide receiver. Well, there's your wide receiver. It, listen, if. You swap out Jaden Thomas with Tobias Merriweather name, people people are fucking shooting through the moon right now, right? Mm-hmm. Because there's a different perception there. But yeah, here are the results in black and white, and this is that's the great thing. We are finding finding players to play and win these football games. Audrey Gastamay tonight, beast. Logan Diggs, Greg, I'm not sure if you jumped on or not before we said, but like we all owe Logan Diggs a huge apology because he has really proved us all wrong. You know, we all got sour on him. I don't, I don't think, I don't like, I think that the thing with Diggs is, is people, they always want it to be someone else, right? Like if he's, if he's bouncing the ball, it's like, if you're going to bounce it, then, Tyree should bounce it because he's fast. And if he's running inside, then it's like, well, if we're running inside, why don't we just give it to Estime, right? Like he's he's kind of like in between both of those guys. That's funny. I was thinking about that tonight. Yeah. Watching him, yeah. And so I think that the value in him is that 
you're in the fourth quarter and you want someone who is fresh. And, and, and so that's what you have. And it's like, that's your fresh guy. And the thing about Logan Diggs is he has wiggle, you know, he, he does, he, he has, he has more wiggle than both of those guys. And so when he makes the play in the hole and, you know, he kind of jumps the tackler and he gets a field and it's like, yeah, like at that point, if he was Chris Tyree, he might score. Although Chris Tyree probably would have fell. Um, it's like, he, that, that's what, that's what he, that, <laughs> I'm telling you, man, the kid it's, it, it, it's, it's a problem. It's rough, but it's so true. It is. So yeah. True. He would fell. Like, that's true. Um, but it's so, it's like, that's, that's what he brings, right? Like he brings something in, in a moment where it's like, ah, yes, that's right. Logan Diggs. He can do that. That's right. And, and, but like other times it's like, you kind of wish, ah, like, I wanted him to have a little bit more burst or I want him to have a little bit more power. And so he just kind of, you know, he just, he just a tweener guy. Right. And, and it's like, and, and people are always talking about him. It's like, Oh, I, you know, he can transfer or whatever. Like if he transfers fine, like, don't worry about it. It's like, well, he brings value to the team, you know? So um, yeah, he's, he's good. He's a good, uh, he's a good little football player. Look, I just want to say tonight, the two supposed toughest teams left on our schedule, uh, Clemson-Boston College at halftime, it was a 10-3 game. USC-Washington State at halftime, it was a 17-14 game. Now, Clemson pulled it out 31-3, and USC pulled it out 30-14. These are not – I mean, Alabama barely beat Texas A&M tonight, and Texas A&M sucks balls right now they just do but, but they did they did exactly what they needed to do right right no well, they sort of they did everything they did to try and lose that game alabama did everything in their power to lose that game and oh like did. the dumb shit penalty at the end where they had the interception to seal the game yeah <laughs> <laughs> that was, yeah well but I mean, well in the, th- the three lost fumbles um you know a, a pick so they lost the turnover margin four to one and the penalties yeah i mean I mean, even Georgia has not looked – I mean, they beat Auburn 42-10, to 10, but, I mean, they just – they haven't looked impressive, especially, I mean, when they were playing, like, Kent State and shit. They just, the, the, the dominance – the supposed dominance of, like, the top ones just hasn't really been there in reality this year. And this whole thing – this is – I mean, this whole season is it, 2007, yeah. Is, is, is it time to uh, talk to our children about a undefeated – TCU Horn Frogs. Um, I think. Well, let's see what well, happens. I think our kids might need to have. When, a when do they play Oklahoma State? <laughs> well, Okie State didn't look great today either. Uh, I think the no, real but conversation I mean, but we need to have with our too. kids is. Um, oh my God! They play TCU Tennessee. next week. Yeah, Tennessee is the conversation. I think. We yeah. Need to have. Yeah. Hendon Hooker, who I said two years ago, Notre Dame should. Have <laughs> Did I tell you that somebody, did somebody in my gambling Discord put a hundred dollars on a Hendon Hooker to win the the Heisman? That's he's up there in the. I know he's up there. I in mean, the he should be the odds-on favorite right now. Tell me somebody who's been playing better football in America. Strong. Will Anderson had eight hurt, eight quarterback hurries tonight. Uh, Spencer Sanders. Well, I mean, hmm. Will Anderson isn't winning the Heisman because um, he plays defense, <laughs> but. I mean, so I can can I can I bring up something? 
since yeah. so so you guys said so Josh has said a, a number a number of times right it's it's full 2007 we're headed that way right it is very 2007 like okay tell me why Notre Dame can't be a playoff team then Greg I'm rolling well because I I, I don't I didn't want to put that in the universe yet Greg I'm not ready to be there yet okay that's fine like I had to talk I had to talk these assholes in the Notre Dame. Uh, being ranked 23rd uh, come, well, I think, come poll time tomorrow. I, so, I think you're going to have some so, problems. Get, well, no, because you know the AP voters, right? Right. They, well, I mean, I'll get, I'll get some credit for the coaches, regardless of how stupid it is. But I will say this. Notre Dame's strength of schedule is like the fuck. It's in the top five. I saw somewhere it was the top. It was the, it was the number one hardest schedule, you know, this season right now. Um, but, you know, all those metrics change and make the rankings different and all that. But I will say we're so the weekend before Clemson is when the playoff rankings drop. If Notre Dame is ranked within the top 13 come those playoff, those first initial playoff rankings, they're they're there They're I mean, they are they are within a stone's throw. How things break because of that second loss, you know, will determine it. So I'm not like. I just I don't I don't want to like lean into the possibility of because for me that's not what's most important right now. What's most important for me right now is just them continuing to win and finish the season strong. I mean, I will take a 10 and 2 uh New Year's 6 bull bid right fucking now over a, yeah. a, over a flip of the coin playoff. Just as that shows that you know that that shows that everything that we thought in the off season about the you know changing from from Kelly to Freeman like we we all had a lot of optimism going into this year that shows that we weren't completely wrong about it as we thought we probably might have been after the March game right so but no you're absolutely right there the way this season has been and each week has just a couple of games that if it just this one thing would happen it would have been even more chaos and we're st- we still have a lot of conference games to play. Um, yeah, Notre Dame definitely can definitely get in that position, but I am not ready to have that conversation because um, I do, you know, we're going to need to see more before I'm ready to throw throw those dice. You know what right. I mean? Right. And, and and the thing is, is like they they because because the way it sets up is like they could have two top five wins in November. And they could end the season on right. the road with a top five win. It's right? very 2003 uh, USC. Right. So the the and and here's the thing about it, right? Like we watched Notre Dame today. Notre Dame today, that's not a playoff team, obviously, you know. And and the way that they've played, like not a playoff team, okay. And but the 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 fact of the matter is, is that if they do beat if they run the table and if they do beat two top five teams then it's not absurd because they they will have played like a playoff team you know what i mean like it, it they will have earned that they that will have right to be the, one of the best that, considered that way they will have some of the best wins and and easily the best the worst loss right the best the best loss no the the worst loss to marshall and probably oh. two of the best wins. Well, what's great about so, having two so, losses is you can have a best loss too. 
<laughs> it's true. Yeah. And, and, and so, like, so anyone, like, any anyone listening now would think Notre Dame playoff team, like, that's absurd. They're not a playoff team. And it's like, you're right. Today they are not. You're absolutely right. But the thing that every team who has kind of snuck in the back door, like, like Ohio State did in 20, I think it was 14. Yeah. The, the thing that they did, it was like, it just kind of became undeniable at the end. It's like, I'm sorry, but they're great. They're playing They got great. better and better each week. Yeah, and it's like, look, I, look at them. Who wants to play them? Nobody, you know? So Right, and that's where I'm like, like, look at a team like like if Michigan. Once Michigan loses a game, they like they should drop like 15, 20 fucking spots in the rankings. Their out-of-conference schedule was absolutely – it's a joke. That is a, that is a fuck you to everybody in college football was Michigan's out of conference schedule, let alone they have eight home games. So when they do go to Columbus and Ohio State lays down a fucking 49 to 10 win over Michigan, wherever Michigan's ranked two, three or whatever at the time because they're undefeated, they should drop immediately to 24. Just to keep them ranked. Just to say, nope, you're still ranked. You're at, right there at 24. So, because Josh, you're working, on, you're working on the theory that Penn State gets exposed uh, next weekend by uh, Michigan? No, this is just me talking shit. I honestly think that <laughs> Penn, State, Penn State's going to beat them. Um, I think Michigan gets exposed. I think, I think Michigan's already been exposed. I think Michigan's been exposed. I, I mean, between Maryland, Iowa, and IU, I mean, Jesus criminy. I mean, they're just, they're, these aren't, these aren't like huge, conv- I mean, I know IU was 31-10, but. That was a close game. I, nothing about that was convincing to me. So I mean, I, I, what you can say about Michigan is they are, outside of the Ohio State game last year because of the snow, they are the exact same team as they've been. It's boring, uninspired offense that just kind of plots. I mean, it's been Jim Harbaugh's MO since he's got there. They are the right. exact same team as they've always been. They just happen to be playing – charm and soft schedule to this point and haven't had the opportunity to to lose a game and just nobody is calling them out enough on it it's just that that is that is bullshit like there's teams like like tennessee's schedule hasn't been like great great but it's better than michigan's like why is tennessee ranked below michigan fuck that tennessee beat pitt at pitt that's a pretty good win, right? That's certainly better than beating UConn at home or Colorado State or what. I mean, geez, please. It's just I mean, you, ridiculous. If we want to talk about good wins, I mean, what do you think about beating a 5-1 and one football team uh, called the North Carolina Tar Heels? There you go. <laughs> On the road. <laughs> road I mean, Notre Dame's schedule gets better and better looking. I mean, it's just – Marshall's really mucking it up. They, like, they could have done Notre Dame a solid by winning at least their one game after they beat us. Uh, <laughs> so, I don't know, man. I, Greg, yeah, I am I am with you on the fact that it is not a complete lost hope, but I'm not ready to open up that bottle yet. And the nice thing about it, too, is it's such a kind of far-fetched thing that the team doesn't have to think about it. It doesn't right. have That's to be point. hanging over their heads. Great point. They don't have to feel that pressure at all. Yeah. No, the only pressure they need to feel is getting better each week. And I think, again, they are. I think this team is really just feeling itself out. I think because of the fact that 
of what you mentioned, Greg, like who's the best player on defense. It's like, there's no like guy that has just like dominated the season. It's just been a, it's been a team effort. And then on offense, because of the quarterback situation and all that, it has been guys kind of rallying around each other and finding different guys each week to contribute. And all that leads down the road, down the season where you get to game 10. Now all of a sudden you got this team of like contributors. Like this isn't, there isn't just a guy out there on the damn field. This is the team of contributors that are helping this team win each week. And you can say that any, any year, but I mean, in this case, Notre Dame is building on that each week, which to your point about the about playoff chances is something that has been shown, you know, like, like as you're just like steamrolling down and getting better and better and better each week, you know, you are not the same team in November as you were in September. And it, you, you can point that out clearly. Uh, and so when you start talking about who is the, not just who has the best resume, but who is the best team and Notre Dame can start pulling out resumes. They can start pulling out schedules and they are doing that on the field with, with their play. Um, you would like to see a few less defensive breakdowns to keep these to widen up these scores uh, from the like the games we witnessed. Because the same thing with that with North Carolina, right? Like the, the yard points was way in Notre Dame's favor. So, yeah, man. I mean, this is this is an interesting season because we I don't I can't remember a Notre Dame team quite like this. Um, in the way that they've gone about this in the first five games of the year. I mean, obviously we talked about the, the losses and all that, but like like seeing them piece together this team and winning these three in a row has been, you know, pretty interesting. And I think the other part of it too is because we haven't seen, there have been these breakdowns and there isn't, hasn't been anybody defensively that has really stood up and, you know, highlighted themselves as a Jeremiah Wuzukormo or a Manti Teo or, or anything like that. Nobody right. Who's really taken the reins of this defense. There is an opportunity still for someone to do that and for them to have games that don't include that. Cause if you have these kind of deficiencies and breakdowns in a game against Clemson, where points are going to be at a premium, and, and you're not going to be able to build double digit leads and you need to be able to play consistently, you know, four quarters, uh, they need right. to get that, that fixed up. Um, and, and that's why games against, you know, Stanford and UNLV and Cuse are important is because they need, they still have things that they need to work on and improve on as a team. And they haven't even scratched the surface of how good they can be. And they've already been, magisterial especially these last two weeks uh defensively against you know what what presumably were considered good offenses uh, i would argue about both of them but i i can't say that i'm i'm upset about a team um you know breaking uh assignment and giving up a, a long touchdown and you know it's it's not like they're wake forest out there they gave up 20 points to byu and we have plenty of stuff to complain about it, but they still just gave up 20 points. Here's a here's a complaint I have. How do I tell how do I tell Tommy Reese to stop running the fucking ball on second and long? <laughs> That's built in his DNA, bro. He is he is working he is working on third down. Ugh. I just I've, look I've just accepted it. Like I've accepted many 
things in my life, <laughs> like being Jesus, 44 Jesus years Christ. old. Not be, Jesus Christ, like, your Lord and Savior. <laughs> <laughs> Chasing me down the road. Yeah, I've just, I, I have just come to accept the fact that that's what Tommy Reese does. He is, he is using the downs, and as much as I want something else on second down, we're getting that. And but maybe I don't not, know, man. maybe not, because because here's the thing, especially defensively, and I think a, a big part of um, the defense. But, I mean, but that can be used up. to our advantage, though, in a game like what does this mean oh, for the Clemson ten. game? In yeah. a game like Clemson, when you break tendencies. Because yeah. it's the big games that you need, like that you need to do something different, and so Reese can break the tendency against a, a team like Clemson, which could be to Notre Dame's huge advantage. You know, when they are gearing up for that second and eleven, um, Audrey Gaston may run instead. It's a play action, and boop, you hit Jaden Thomas. So, you know, some, I mean, maybe Tubby Reese is a savant, man. Maybe he's just a genius, and and we just don't understand him. Uh, but but also maybe like. This just because he did it against BYU doesn't mean that he's going to do it against Stanford next week, right? I, Yo, I think I, Jude's right. I think we will see that against Stanford. Next but week. don't you think that, like, <laughs> just like with the defense, how the staff is able to kind of they're not operating in a static environment where it's like, well, this is the guy who started game one, so he's going to start. No, I get that. You know, game twelve can't can't Reese do the same thing, especially with running back touches, like until Tyree figures out that you need to cut and go upfield and stop trying to stretch every play out to the edge. Maybe you need to get not all of the snaps at the start of the game. Maybe, maybe we can get, uh, you know, Audric Estime a few more snaps in the first half other than, you know, he, he had what two first quarter carries Touched yeah, the ball once in the third really, quarter. That really didn't seem light in that to start off with. Hey, Greg, I, I want to get your thoughts on uh, on Notre Dame's offensive line, which, you know, after the Marshall game, I mean, I, there wasn't – you couldn't find anybody who was going – well, maybe Mike Bullock Jr., uh, touch grass, <laughs> uh, who was going to defend, you know, much of what they were doing because it just had been so bad. They were just getting manhandled up front. It wasn't just beat with stunts, um, which was being – which was what was being used a lot on them. But they were just getting physically beat up. Big turnaround, um, you know, against Cal and then leaned on that hard in North Carolina. We saw it again uh, tonight against BYU. I mean, what do you kind of think of the, of the offensive line's progression and, and how those five guys have gelled? So I, I think Jarrett Patterson obviously is uh, it makes a big deal. Right. So he got his first start against Marshall and that was probably the least healthy he's been. Uh, since then right and I think now he's he's getting healthier with the foot and then um so the chemistry with all I think that's really working out and I think Blake's coming around too you know he had the uh he's he's uh, I brought it up a few times but he's playing on the right side right so he's he's had a lot to deal with Harry he stands a very technical guy so he's playing on the wrong side and he's got technical stuff that he's working on um little bit like a kind of like a swing change in golf or something like that right it just takes a little bit um so he's starting to come around and then uh, Zeke Carell's playing a lot better too so um I, I think the left side has been kind of solidified and I uh, and I include Zeke Carell in that um you forgot and, somebody there's a guy on the line you forgot Greg well so I was gonna get to that right and I think that I think that uh. Blake I think Blake playing better increases um Lug's effectiveness as well 
right? Now, I think he's the least talented of all those guys. Um, but at, for a least talented guy, like he's he's still doing the thing, right? Like he's still – he's not busting as much. Like he's not really busting at all. Um, he's obviously not perfect. None of them are perfect. Um, he's Tommy Kramer. Right, exactly. And and you know what? Tommy Kramer was a really good offensive lineman on a really good uh, offensive line, right? Well, I, I don't want to say really good. I don't know. It it depends on a, your definition. He was a good offensive lineman. He was the worst part of a great offensive line, and he was still good. That's fair. I think that's fair. You know, and there's and there's something to be said for that, right? He's 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 doing his job. He's not costing them games or anything. So, um, I I think he's a um. I, I, so I think that's all coming together, right? And I think that's what we kind of um, should expect from from Harry Heastan in that offensive line, right? Like they're too good to uh, they're they're too good, you know. They have too much talent there, and they have too much experience to be just like really bad, like we saw in the first two weeks. Um, so you know, it, it it's to be expected, and um and and they need it, they need it because it's kind of the best part of their team with the backs and all that stuff. Okay. Drew Pine got popped a couple of times real hard. Uh, first, the first drive, right? Where uh, yeah, uh, throughout the game, he, they he like late, like I feel like he was getting rid of the ball just as he was getting hit. Yeah. Um, you he don't really that, notice it because he got the ball out, but he had that. Well, we all noticed it on the. I think it was on the first drive where he probably had both Mayer and uh, and Diggs open on the one yeah. before he got. He took that hit right before, and it went incomplete in the end zone to kick a field goal. I don't know what that was. was. (laughs) So, and I guess, you know, the line can get better, which is also a positive. Am I still on this call? Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, I, oh man, I had I put the earbuds in. I couldn't take that heat on the phone on my ears. I haven't had a phone conversation on my ear for like longer than five minutes in like a decade. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Uh, and yeah, I bro- I broke into my boss's office to record this podcast tonight. So, um, good for you. Thank you. Thank you. Good for every good for everybody that's listening. You're welcome. Um. <laughs> I still have those skills. Um, I don't know. Is there anything else we really want to like, like get on, get on? Uh, I was definitely surprised with how disciplined BYU was going into this game. Um, that was because because that, of how they how they had been, yeah. Yeah, because I mean, if you looked at how they had played earlier throughout the season, they were one of the most penalized teams, and for the most part, they kept everything, you know, mostly in play. They also tackled. I mean, the two long runs that Notre Dame had were both as a result of poor tackling on, um, you know, on the fault of uh, um, bad tackling, because that's what sprung both Estime and Diggs. But they tackled better than I thought, and they they were cleaner in their uh, penalties than I thought. Um, so that was two things that surprised me about BYU. Uh, didn't ultimately end up mattering. Uh, what did end up mattering is that their field goal kicker is absolutely horrendous. <laughs> we're, we're appreciative of that. <laughs> I mean, has a, has a five-yard penalty ever been so uh, 
obviously costly. I was just I I, I tweeted about it because I was laughing because because uh, Garrett right before that said, oh, that's going to make no difference to the kicker. And then he fucking shanked it. <laughs> I was just like, oh, God. So. Didn't that remind you guys of Wake Forest? The Ian yes. Book? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that, that whole series of events was such nonsense. And I, like, I'm like, fire their special teams coach. But they just had a punt return for 42 yards to set them up for, for the damn touchdown. But yet you can't put out a field goal unit. It was such a guy. It was such a mess. Like, oh, my God, is, is this really happening right now? So. <laughs> Yeah, the Garrett's uh, comment was timely. That must be how other teams felt every time Brian Kelly would run out of the half and commit a fall, uh, delay of game penalty to start the, the half, right? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> uh, so I yeah. guess I guess I guess Freeman said after the game that Howard Cross had a high ankle sprain and he tried it before the game and just couldn't give it get it going. So that's why he dressed, but he didn't play. Yeah. Uh, what did you guys think of the girl in the white shorts that they refused to put back on camera? I don't know what you're referring to. What, what did I, did I miss her? <laughs> I, I also did not see it. <laughs> Hold on. I never, I never tweet out those things, uh, but uh, I wanted, to, I wanted to see more of that person. Maybe didn't. I'm pretty pissed about that. Josh is installing the drywall today. We've reached the beautiful disaster part of this spot. Yeah. I think we touched on everything as far as the green field goes. Um, I would have definitely appreciated having more than the 28 points um, if they had scored that touchdown. I know Jude, especially. I think Jude would have as well. <laughs> yeah, I had the I had the over fifty one. God damn it! Notre Dame uh, has screwed you. Wait, what was it? Two weeks in a row? Ah, uh, yeah, it's been it's been tough. And I also got greedy on Oklahoma State and took them at ten and a half to get the plus points, and they won by ten today. So it was like, Ugh. yeah. Anyways, so Did mean, it, was it a push on the Ohio State game? No, no, it was no, a, no. No, they cleared. That's I I was gonna say that as my last comment for the night was I I owe Brendan an apology because you guys that was twenty seven, wasn't it? Yeah, twenty seven and a half. Oh yes. And they won by twenty nine. So I kept thinking about I kept thinking it was twenty nine. I was like, God damn I was like, well now what I will say is when Brendan said that they were gonna put they were gonna win by fifty, I then didn't then check the live line and it was thirty and a half at that point. So that would have been a bad call if you if you'd bet that. But, I certainly did not bet that one. Uh, yeah, but they he could, got it at twenty seven and a half. So they could have and should have. No, yeah, they definitely took the gas uh, the foot off the gas in the second half. And the yeah. pick six, the pick six certainly hurt um, the the hope for that as well. I do want to like mention the Michigan State's offense. I do want to mention the weird uh, 
college football independence Twitter account bitching about me uh, tweeting about Eastern Michigan today. Hey, fuck you, buddy. I'm going to fucking tweet about Eastern Michigan all I goddamn want. <laughs> I'll tweet about anything I want. <laughs> I mean, the guy was constantly, as soon as I put out the recap for tonight's game, he was bitch, bitching about why I wasn't uh, somebody. I'm like, you got to be shitting me. Uh but yeah, hey, I might be going up to Ipsy for the uh, Black Friday showdown uh, against Central. Just let just letting you know. Might uh, be there. To, it's on Black Friday. Oh man, uh, I'm, let me know if you're in town. I mean, I'm I'm literally uh, half an hour from Ipsy. I know you are, and I've already laid the groundwork. I'm going to be in South Bend uh, for Thanksgiving. And might be driving separate because I might be just heading up to. Uh, I might stay the night and then head up to Ipsy the next morning. So debating it. I want to see that. I want to see that Mac Michigan trophy handed over to Chris Creighton. It's four years in a row, boys, beating up Western. That's how you do it. How the money have fallen. <laughs> <laughs> they lost their they lost their oarsmen. Yeah, do, do you, yeah. Do you guys have a uh, do you guys have any uh, deep thoughts about Fortuna saying that uh, the two best players of the last eleven years are Michael Mayer and Manti Teo? I think he's a fucking. It, uh, I think that is an incorrect statement. <laughs> I disagree. I think like I don't I know. Think the Quentin Nelson erasure. I think Quentin, is... I think Quentin Nelson will fucking drop him for that. How is Quentin Nelson not immediately the 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 number one? Period. Period. I I don't think that there is any debate. There is absolutely no debate that that Quentin Nelson is the the best player to have worn a Notre Dame jersey in, in eleven years. And let's see, let's see go back. Oh, that's right, Harrison Smith was still on the team eleven years ago. Uh, Mike McGlinchey was on the team 11 years ago. Uh, Ryan Stanley was on the team 11 years Greg, ago. Greg, 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 is there was there somebody on the team maybe last year? I I can't speak. I. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't even go there with that. I mean, I, look, I love I love Manti. I love him. Yeah, of course. It's not shade on Manti or Michael Mayer. It's just you know, look, it's just. Like let's let's I don't know slow your roll a little bit there. Yeah, it's just like let's you're getting a little excited here. I wouldn't slow my roll. There's some there's some dudes there's some dudes in that mix. There's some dudes in that mix. I would say that I wouldn't slow my roll on Manti. I would say that you should slow your roll on Michael Mayer. And I said Michael Mayer is unstoppable cheat code. But Manti's Manti's defendable. He he won the Buckus Award. He he is the most decorated defensive player in college football history. Yeah, His 2016 season is about as good as I've ever seen a Notre Dame football player play. So football. if you he had really if you had to do a if you had to do a one two in the last eleven years, it would be Manti and Quentin Nelson. Unquestioned, hands down. There is no debate. I do not think that there. I do. I do not think that that discussion because, is up for debate. Because Michael Mayer has not won a uh, a Mackey Award, but no. Tyler Eifert has. I mean, he probably won't win it this year. He might. He might actually. He probably should. Is he going to be a finalist? I hope so. 
I don't know. I just I just read off Brock Bauer's stat line earlier. This is this is important to me. Um, and may, Mayer start. He's officially passed Brock Bauer stats. So. What about his rushing stats? Uh, <laughs> yeah, Bauer's got the uh, three for eighty-two. Um, yeah, that 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 one rip. We need we need to get Michael Mayer like one good end round for eighty yards. Like do it against freaking Navy. Which is the dumbest, still the dumbest thing to have on the damn schedule. Pointless to have a triple option team right after Clemson. Just oh, stupid. So I didn't piss anybody off. I think I just covered my bases there. <sighs> All right, dude, what do you got left in the tank? I got nothing else. I, 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 I've already said my apologies to Brendan, but I will say that the two games that we all agreed on, Tennessee and Notre Dame, did work out, and we oh, uh, yeah, baby. cashed both of those today, so congratulations to us, and uh, suck it, Brian Kelly. Uh, we're, <laughs> we are, by the way, officially back in the, uh, we're back in black, baby. Yeah. Oh, Love break it. out the ACDC. Greg, you're on here, man. What do you got left in the tank? You know, it's a, it's a good win, right? I think the way that it ended, I don't think uh, people like the fact that it was 25 to 6 and then we ended up winning by 8, you know. Uh, it started to go the wrong Still way, covered. but 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 you know, it's it's um I don't even want to say a win is a win. I I think it was a good it was a good character builder for the team, right? Like you they they were going on the way to the blowout and then it started to go sideways and I think the team probably felt like, oh, man, I'm like, are we going to blow this? And they didn't, right? I think collectively the defense made some big plays. The offense made some big plays. It was collective effort to kind of not give the game away, and I, and that's important, right? And I think that, I think that you know, when you look at the season in totality, you know, they, I think they are what we thought they could be, you know, and especially with the fact that they lost Tyler Buckner, right? I think losing Tyler Buckner, it, it, especially at 0-2, I think, a lot of people, I think myself included, thought this team, this this could go really the wrong way. Um, they have rebounded. They have played much better football. I think a brand of football that we're used to seeing, and um, and that what we kind of expected to see. So it's it, it was it's nice to to build on that, and um, and now we can get to the point where it's like okay, we, we kind of know what to expect from them, and we know that that's a good brand of football. So that's uh, that's what I'm taking away from this game. Fantastic. Uh, Brendan, what's in that tank, bud? Um, I, I watch football from sun up to sundown. Uh, I'm probably going to watch uh, Stanford is putting the herd on uh, Oregon State, which makes me upset. But, mm. you know, but I thought today was a fantastic day of football overall, like mm-hmm. start to finish. We didn't even talk about the fact that uh, Oklahoma might have a little buyer's remorse. <laughs> We didn't even bring up Oklahoma. My God, Brett Venables might not. Oh have my perfect, God! Perhaps fix the uh, the defense out there in Norman. That was a bloodletting. Oh my God. Uh, we also uh, Quinn Ewers real deal though, huh? We'll wait till the end of the pod to bring up the fact Brian Kelly in big games against top ten teams, huh? Oh man. <laughs> oh man, that didn't go great, huh? The Kansas TCU game lived up to the the kind of hype. It did. It did. I did not expect that to be as good as it did, and it really was. Well, uh-huh. hats off to hats off to you know, and I didn't. I didn't think that. I think that was a good hire by Kansas. Remember when they hired Leopold? 
Yeah. And I'm screaming for them to hire a triple option coach screaming for them to do that. Like, like you're going to just going to have to do that. If you're going to want to want to win seven, eight games a year, you're going to have to do that. You proved it wrong. It's, I mean, that's a program you got to build on. They look good. They belonged out there on that field with TCU. who was a good team. That was, yeah, that lived up to the hype. I was surprised by that. Um, I think, you know, we, we talked about Tennessee, um, and obviously, but I think the other big storyline going into the following weeks is going to be, uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson and Michigan transfer, uh, Pino Cabaret. I was Um, so wrong about that game. So wrong. Zach Charbonnet ran all over Utah and DTR did DTR things and, I think Chip Kelly's got a very good team in Westwood, even if nobody's coming out to watch them uh, at all. They're they, not. They are not. They didn't have. <laughs> I saw pictures of the stadium. It was embarrassing. Just pathetic. Uh, just number 18 team in play. the country, undefeated. Playing Show up. number 11 team. Show up. Uh, I think UCLA. What the hell's going on out there in L.A., Greg? You know, L.A. doing know, L.A. things. They're L.A.'s surfing. doing L.A. stuff, man. You know, God. what can I say? You're excited about the Lakers starting, right? Yeah, right. I mean, you know, who doesn't get excited for Patrick Beverly, right? I mean, that's just. <laughs> is, is he? Is he? Did they? Did they kiss and make up him and Russ? Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't think that. Um, I don't, I don't think anyone's kissing with Russell Westbrook right now. Um, that 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 uh, that um, that situation's gonna implode. Probably no. a week into the season. No. The Lakers? Drama on the Lakers? No. no never happened. Never seen it. Never seen it. <laughs> I mean, at least you don't have guys punching each other yet, right? Yet. Yet. <laughs> Give it time. Let it yeah. percolate. Or marinate. And yeah. percolate. Uh, yeah, I thought today was a fantastic day of college football. Um, this season as a whole has been fantastic, and it's the sport that we all love. Uh, because it gives us these kind of things. It's not vanilla 20 to 13 games like the NFL. It is wacky and wild nonsense uh, from sun up to sundown. And I'm ready to keep riding this train. I don't think that, uh, I mean, we've mentioned, you know, half serious, you know, what does it mean for the Clemson game? But I think the biggest fallacy that the media has done as a whole is to continuously try and push the envelope down to big games and set tech pools like the playoffs and big matchups and not taking things from week to week and just enjoying this beautiful thing that is the college football season. And today was a beautiful day. And next week, I can only assume, is also going to be equally beautiful. Why uh, wouldn't it be? Why wouldn't it be? Because it's college football and every week is special and we should cherish each one. So... Go college football. Well, you uh, you said it for me, Brendan. I mean, I think that's all I, I really have. I uh, I slept a grand total of about two hours this morning, uh, and then the had Pee Wee football, which was fantastic. Um, <laughs> watching Dylan get uh, cleats uh, up his nose was a uh, was a fun morning. Uh, but yeah, the football all day. Uh, it's it's been great, and I am. Super excited about this Notre Dame football team that we were all uh, pretty down about after, the, <laughs> to say the least, after the Marshall game. Uh, but that's uh, that's college football. We got to the downs and we're 
coming up to the highs. And, not, you know, look, BYU is no world beater, but, you know, they were ranked 16th. This is the third win in the row. Um, Notre Dame has looked better and better. And there's no reason not to expect that to continue as the season goes on, which means there's lots ahead of us. I didn't even want to mention it. And Greg went ahead and met, he just went ahead and mentioned it tonight. I mean, I was going to give us a few more weeks before I started screaming about uh, the playoff committee, uh, <laughs> what they should do. But hell, fuck it. Let the, uh, the genie's out of the bottle now, so let's, let's go for it. Uh, just remind everybody, get over to Apple Podcasts. I don't even know if there's an interview sitting there. Uh, this was such an impromptu uh, part of the uh, part of the night for us, and I appreciate Greg coming on the show and Jude and Brendan both uh, being available here late. Um, so you, so this hits your eardrums uh, early on Sunday, uh, right before you go to mass, hopefully. Uh, so you can ask for forgiveness and, for and, even listening to me. And ch- and check out the ISD post game with uh, that Greg taped before before coming on with us. I mean, I, I always want to. If you want more plug Greg, em. I always want more Greg. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, plug them, so. Greg. How many plugs do you want to put on here? Uh, at Greg2126. There's, there's yeah, no way. Listen, there is yeah. no way somebody's listening to this podcast and going, who is this Greg Flamon? I've never heard of him before. <laughs> Unless you're Darren fucking you, Richard and you're coming what? on this podcast <laughs> finally to find out who the legend of Jude Seymour is. Uh, just go to, you know what? Search uh, Irish Sports Daily. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. That's That's where you'll find me. Make sure Are you get that like, Frank this week too? subscribe, and oh, ring yeah. that bell. Single high pod, pod, UHND. Single high, uh, single high pod, UHND. Uh, yeah, do all that stuff. You need to change your profile to cur- just currently eating a burrito. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, for all the fellows here uh, and for the staff, uh, thank you for listening. And as always, go Irish. Got her. Uh, where's the button there?